Blake here. Josh and I have been pretty busy this week decorating our Christmas trees, shopping for Christmas presents, baking gingerbread men, all that lovely Christmas stuff. Uh, but we have been pretty busy this week, so in case you missed it, here is an episode from Season 2 of the podcast, a bonus episode about Josh and I's favourite books and movies and how we ranked them. Enjoy. Welcome to Muffliato, a Harry Potter podcast where we fill your ears to prevent you from hearing nearby conversations. I'm Josh. And I'm Blake, and today in this bonus episode, we rank our favorite books and movies. Things might get a little heated. Now, this question comes to us, Josh, from uh, Holly uh, on Facebook, and uh, she said, I just had a question for you and Josh. Uh, I believe you being me. <laughs> I don't know where to leave my comments or questions because I listen to it on Spotify. But after I had listened to the episode where you go over the first book and wrap up being done with the first book, I was curious, do you and Josh have a favorite book and then a favorite movie? Uh, well, this is a great question, Holly. Uh, the first part of that uh, question is essentially to get in touch with us and to send us a question so that we can, uh, you know, create some bonus episodes for you guys uh, would be to uh, email us at muffliatopodcast at gmail. Dot com. Uh, but for the second part, that is where we dive in uh, to talking about our favorite books. Now, Josh, I think we'll start with books first, but but do you want to go first or shall I, you know, how, how do we do this? You go first, Blake. And right. I think just as we, as we get started, just to, as we are more than likely going to say a different list than what people have in their heads <laughs> because we're different people. I just yep. want to preface my list, and I, I think you would agree with this, that saying something is our least favorite Harry Potter book or movie still means that we like it a lot, but something has to come in seventh place or, in the movie's case, eighth place. You just have yes. to have one in the bottom. We, Even, you know. There has to be. We're, we're not doing yeah. – now, I don't I – think, I think we're not doing ties here. There's no, no. – there's, No, there's no there's ties no for first. Equals. That's just dumb. Yeah. yeah. There's no sort of equal ties for first. We, we won't do that. Uh, but uh, definitely, I, uh, I agree with that. We're gonna we're gonna uh, do our best to obviously not offend uh, people who might have a, their favorite movie being, say, our bottom movie or whatever that might be. Uh, but definitely, uh, definitely, this is going to uh, to hurt some people who uh, maybe have a favorite book, and and that's okay. Uh, that's okay because uh, they're, they're our favorite books as well. Uh, but but it's just please, not please email us. With uh, with your own favorite lists as well, we'll we'll yes. make another reminder of that at the end. But we'd love to hear your lists also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my my uh, let's. I'll just run through my uh, my books uh, from the seventh position, being the least liked but still loved. You know, I still love this book, uh, Chamber of Secrets, and that's quite funny because this is the uh, this is the book we're doing now. But anyway, seventh Chamber of Secrets, the sixth Goblet of Fire, fifth Philosopher's Stone, fourth. Prisoner of Azkaban, three, Order of Phoenix, two, Deathly Hallows. So therefore that means uh, number one coming in at Half-Blood Prince. Nice. Okay. Pretty good list, Blake. Pretty good list. Now, we'll ignore the middle for right now. Uh, I think mm. we'll come back to it. But but talk to me. Chamber of Secrets. We, we spent so much time in it. How come that is the number seventh book for you? Yeah, and this and this was always going to be hard, Josh, because wherever we put this bonus episode, and uh, you know, to be honest, it, 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 I'm surprised that we didn't do this, uh, or, or someone didn't ask for it, say in the first season. But this this would have had to come in at some point, and it's just hard that it came in during Chamber of Secrets because by <laughs> no means do I not like 
Chamber of Secrets. Hopefully, you know, as the listener will have heard, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy the book. And uh, I mean, you know, some chapters, Death Day Party Scene. Would you say that the, that is your least favorite Harry Potter chapter? Like, full stop. I I would res. I don't want to say that. I feel like there's, okay. there, there might be some some chapters coming up that I don't. I I'm not too sure, but I know that that's consciously in my head something that I've like I've said. I remember that chapter not being as as great. So I'd say as of now, yes. And then we'll see. You know, as we Fair progress enough. in Fair the books, we'll see see what we get to. But I don't know. Ch- just Chamber of Secrets to me, and this is this is hard because it it's still a great book, but I think. For me, you know, Philosopher's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, they're, they're the first books. Like, I do like when things get a little bit more meat in them. But, you know, what I appreciate about the first book, and that's why it's in the, the fifth position for, for me rather than, you know, kind of six, seven and at the bottom, is just because it intros us, you know, to the mm. world, to the, the wizarding world. And it brings us to know about Harry and some of the main characters and stuff. And I find that, you know, in the movie, at least, there's a, there's a much more sort of awkward level in those first couple films uh, than uh, in the books, because the books are written, uh, you know, the, the movies are acted. And so, you know, you're bringing in some of those uh, kind of qualities from the actor and that can be a bit cheesy uh, but as as for my books yeah chamber of secrets is is, is just got to be the bottom unfortunately and and this is the hard thing because you know you read through these books and i don't know about our listeners but it's always changing in a mm. way you know like there's yeah, I, was, always... I was gonna say that as well i yeah. i think my my movie list especially has changed quite a bit over the years my book list the top has definitely stayed the same, but I feel like the middle is I've, I've definitely reworked that order. Um, now, mm-hmm. Blake, pretty controversial pick, going Goblet of Fire in the sixth position. Explain that one for us. <laughs> now, Josh, I knew, knew I would get some pushback on uh, the sixth position because I was really tossing it up whether to put Philosopher's Stone in that position over uh, the Goblet of Fire. And and the reasons I just mentioned before, Philosopher's Stone, I think, comes up for me because I, I just really do like the intro to the, mm. the Wizarding World. That's quite exciting. It, that is, a, to, it is a great uh, book. Uh, mm. That we get to experience that with Harry. But mm. yeah, Goblet of Fire, I think this is comes from when I was reading through the whole series. And I've gone through the series about 15 plus times, right? And, and mm. you've got... Each time I get to the Goblet of Fire, it's like, okay, this is a really good book. Now, now I need to stress again, these, you know, the Chamber of Secrets is not a bad book. Goblet of Fire is not a bad book. They're just like, it's hard to rank these books in mm. order of, uh, of what you really love and what draws you to them. And Goblet of Fire, apart from, you know, I, I do love the Triwizard Tournament. And I love, I, I do like that, but I just find that it wasn't as good for me as future books when, you know, there's Voldemort's already back. And, mm. uh, you know, even though that graveyard scene is is really great, I do love when all the defeaters come in. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I do love that. I think, just... I think the graveyard scene is is probably a top five scene on the whole books. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. Yeah. You know, some maybe maybe someone out there is interested in in what our kind of favorite scenes are. And they can they can ask us that. But and I just yeah, it's hard. You know, I'm looking at the book as a whole and even though there are some great things in Goblet of Fire, like you know, there there are some good elements, it's it just other books, you know, did it for me a lot better. 
Cool. Well, Blake, uh, you'll be answering the the hate mail on that one. Um, <laughs> and then jumping to the top, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Is that a um, a decision that like you make in your sleep? It's Half Blood Prince every day. Do you do you find you go back and read that book the most? What mm. what makes that book your favorite? So the reason why, and and this is, I I was tossing up between Deathly Hallows being my favorite and Half Blood Prince. Because, you know, Deathly Hallows is great because of the conclusion. You know, I love how everything comes to just this wonderful summation at the end and uh, with obviously learning more about the Horcruxes. But Half-Blood Prince is where we get the introduction of so many good elements, uh, like Harry you know, being taught by Dumbledore and going into sort of these these memories and mm-hmm. getting sort of inside information on Voldemort himself to, you know, uh, Slughorn. I just, I love, I love the whole Slughorn character, bringing him into the story, uh, trying to win over Harry and just that that whole dynamic there, as well as the kind of the love uh, the love interests uh, that you know come come out during Half Blood Prince. Uh, that's quite funny to me. A uh, good old Wan Wan, and uh, yeah. So I think that's why that takes the you know the top spot for me is that it's just always been a book that I've really enjoyed listening to. No matter how many times I've listened to it, uh, it just comes back as being like such a such a good book for me. So that's that would be me. Uh, but it was a bit a bit of a hard kind of decision to make between Deathly Hallows and. And uh, Half Blood Prince. Okay, so you've already said why Deathly Hallows kind of um, is naturally going to be in that number two position. Mm. It's kind of the Deathly Hallows Half Blood Prince um, together. Um, talk to me just about your middle uh, three. Prisoner of Azkaban, Order of the Phoenix, and Philosopher's Stone. Uh, I can't quite remember your order, Blake, but just... Yeah, so, so uh, the, from from the bottom bottom up, uh, fifth position was a philosopher's stone. Uh, so that that's the one that uh, you know I, as I mentioned before, it was it was a toss up between uh, the philosopher's stone in fifth position and goblet of fire. So I, you know, in a way, I would have liked goblet of fire maybe a little bit higher, but we can't have these equals, right, Josh? We mm, said that. Yep. So, so philosopher's stone, that introduction to the world is just so special. That's why that's sort of slightly above goblet of fire for me. And I know I'm going to take some heat from that uh, but yeah when we come into the fourth position prisoner of azkaban i i do really love the whole plot of that book uh and the whole serious black kind of the misdirection that happens remus lupin that's where we get remus lupin and it was it was hard not to put this in third because i i do love uh lupin as a character and the whole time turner plot and just how frazzled hermione gets throughout the mm. uh, the book uh but yeah and then obviously order of the phoenix just I I do I do really enjoy that book and it's hard I could probably say I I enjoy this book I enjoy this book about everything but yeah third spot coming in in bronze uh, definitely the uh, the order of the phoenix there uh, with just the the fun sort of I guess side side plots that are in it and uh, also just the uh, the fun uh, inspiration uh, for obviously you know the, the Dumbledore's army and things like that uh, mm-hmm. we uh, yeah we obviously get uh, our lovely favorite character to hate uh, as well do we ever that's an understatement I mean you know we we do not and and I think you know I didn't want to let that sort of dissuade me from putting that at a lower spot because the reason why you hate Umbridge so much is that it's just effective 
writing and it's just such a good book and it makes you just dislike her so much so that's why it's uh it's why it's in the third third spot yeah nice okay very cool love your work blake um listeners please let us know if you have any thoughts on on blake's list um, and, and this is the hard thing who who i'd be curious to see who ha- takes more heat and i think what we'll what we'll need to do is that maybe after sort of a few days after this a bonus episode comes out we'll have to do a sort of a, a poll on instagram or something like that to see who's who's a list you preferred mm. um and it's it's going to be a tricky one maybe it, maybe i'm just going to get a sort of a fat zero percent and uh, you're going to get all the love who knows but i think josh you need to jump into uh to to, to this with your order uh, of the book starting from from that seventh position all right so <clears throat> seventh place uh will we agree here blake seventh place is a uh, chamber of secrets for me okay uh, cool. sixth place philosopher's stone yeah uh, fifth place goblet of fire oh uh, hey not bad i know i know i i was quite impressed with your uh i've got some <laughs> i've got some similar thoughts there um fourth place deathly hallows uh Ooh, third okay. place prisoner of azkaban nice. second place order of the phoenix and first place half the prince Okay, so let's start with those bottom ones. I mean, very similar. We're very mm-hmm. similar, I think. So my, you know, same, same was... bottom three, just different order, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so tell us sort of thoughts behind that as well. Uh, you know, similar thoughts to you know the ones that I had, or uh, did you have mm. some different things in mind? Yeah, well, I think that as again, I read, I reread these books. I still really enjoy them, um, especially. I think it was it really pained me to put. Philosopher's Stone sixth. I was looking for an excuse to put it higher, um, yep. but I, I just couldn't justify it. And so, <laughs> you know, it's still it's still a great book. But but Chamber of Secrets, I do have some so some issues that I just find it um, a little less satisfying in a few ways than some of the other ones. I feel like it has the the most I guess contrived ending of any of the books the 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 way that the phoenix saves harry is is at times a little bit forced in my mind <laughs> oh um, oh we'll get to that when we talk about movies <laughs> yeah yeah uh, phoenix <laughs> phoenix is a feeling um and so i just i just feel that the 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 in a similar way the balance of the plot is is just very back half heavy you know you i feel like you could almost you could almost cut out chapters like 9 10 11 12 because they find out so little you know they yeah, think it's draco yeah. for so long and and i guess that that like that's definitely interesting we, we talked in our regular series about how much um of, of a red herring that is and 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 it's definitely you know a good mystery technique but i just feel that um it it feels like the uh, it feels like you're sprinting in the last chapters um and, mm. and it feels like the pacing is a bit off for me so okay. you know yeah i could spend like we we spent how many episodes uh 18 episodes talking about how much we like the chamber of secrets that's me a minute and a half why i think there are some issues with chamber of secrets yeah yeah we're not contradicting ourselves here we're just trying no. to be brutally honest with the, yeah. the rankings you know something's and- got to come in seventh yeah. exactly exactly we, yeah. we don't we don't just want to be like oh they're all first equal well that was a yeah. great bonus yeah. episode yeah. you know <laughs> Now, now that being said, I I love young Tom Riddle. I think that's mm. fantastic. It is yeah. it is probably one of the, my favorite parts of that book. I think mm. there is good character development um, of of the big three, as well as um, a little bit of of Dumbledore and character development as well, which is which is neat. But 
that said, number six, I definitely prefer this book to Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I think that it is a um, a, a better structured book. Yes. Um, I think that the whole idea of 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 thinking that it's Snape as opposed to thinking it's Draco, you're going to compare kind of the red herrings in the first and second book. The Snape motif is just far superior and much more of a surprise. Like I, I remember reading the book and 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 you're you're, you're like you're genuinely surprised when you find out it's Quirrell. Yes. You're like no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly it's it is such a good red hearing like, and it's a, yeah. it's a red hearing that goes throughout the whole series in a way back and forth back yeah. and forth snape's good he's bad he's good he's yeah. bad like what does it do yeah and, so it's and i guess great setup and i guess that's why it's a little bit uh, i think it's maybe not as impressive in in chamber of secrets when we i feel like we almost find out both too early and too late that it's not draco in yes, Chamber of yeah. secrets that you know like finding out in the last chapters that it's snape was such a surprise but Similarly, um, it kind of felt like the the mystery investigation stalled because they thought it was Draco. They they made the Polyjuice potion. And Polyjuice potion. At the end of the day, you could kind of argue they didn't really need to do it. Like, <laughs> like it's they found out it wasn't Draco, and they probably could have known that because Draco yeah. is not. You know, it's not anyway. So I I just love them thinking it's Snape, and, and I love the reveal, and and I also think that uh, Philosopher's Stone at least until Order of the Phoenix is the best Dumbledore reveal in the end. Like yeah. it's, it's so good. Dumbledore's explanation and, and it's just wonderful. So um, I might be just talking myself. I, I, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm moving up Philosopher's Stone to number five already. Uh, but but, but um, do we want to do number five, Blake, Fire, I... or move to the top? No, I, I'd like to go to the middle first. I'd like to t- take them up okay. in order, Josh, of uh, yeah. where, you, where you rank them, because okay. um, I'm, I'm curious about, yeah, your, your one and two. Right. So um, Goblet of Fire, I I feel like this book, like, I need to be careful here, because I, I do really like this book as well. Yeah, and this is, um, and this is in your fifth position, right? Fifth position. Um, I, I do feel like the fourth book, out of the big books at least, and, and I'll just kind of explain because my my ordering goes a little bit together in that I've actually placed Prisoner of Azkaban number three because I think it is a nearly flawless children's book. Wow, um, that's a that's a big so, statement. Yeah, and so that's part of the reason why I've placed number three, and and we can go back to that in just a second. But but by default, that knocks down Deathly Hallows and Goblet of Fire, even yes. though. As as books I enjoy, they they might actually be ahead of Prisoner Raskin, but I've got I've got nothing but love for Prisoner Raskin for a couple reasons that we can talk about later. But Goblet of Fire in the fifth spot, um, I, I think it is the book that that kind of goes too far in in the plot direction rather than character development and i i really do love the balance that's that's there in the later books mm. um both okay. character and and world building and so I, I do find that um it's just very heavy plot it's almost like we're watching one big quidditch match from these different events <laughs> and and it gets a bit much at times um that said i oh i actually won't make a comment on, on the movie i won't make a comment on the movie just yet but I, I do appreciate um, the the graveyard scene. I, yeah, no exaggeration. Top five scene for me. I it almost like pushes up this book by itself. I I do appreciate the the 
the time we spend outside of Hogwarts, you know, significant time for the first yes. book. But that said, a book's got to come in, f- in fifth and it's it's nowhere near as good as the next ones, in my opinion. So yeah. um, I, I do like a lot of the elements in it, but if I'm going to say a weakness, it's that I love character, I love world building, and this book is very plot heavy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, hey, that makes sense. And fourth position. Okay. Fourth position. This was hard. I actually changed this while we started recording because wow. I... Okay. Um, I, I just you felt guilty to, or something. <laughs> I didn't quite feel guilty, but I, I did feel that, um, yeah, I just, I just have to make a bit of a controversial stand, Blake, as, as okay. far as what's going to be. I think my number two is a little bit controversial. Um, and, and maybe even my number three, but, but number four, Deathly Hallows. Um, this was hard because I love this book and <laughs> I, I think it's, it's definitely the, it's probably the book that I read second most often. Wow. Um, I think I read Half-Blood Prince most often, and that should make sense. It's my it's my favorite book. Um, but I think my my second favorite book as oh sorry, my second most read book is definitely Deathly Hallows. I I love the um the journey through um, understanding what Hallows are. Um I love the tale of the three brothers. Um, oh, I, yes. I love yeah, well, the, so good. the the camping trip. I love I love Ron. Um, I, as much as I hate him for it, I love that Ron deserts. Like that is, I, I think, a real twist in my mind. That is mm. not something I expected. And, and like these these how, characters aren't perfect. You know, no, the, these characters no. have flaws, and that's and what makes us. That's what makes a great character. I think it takes a what well, well, not entirely realistic. I think it takes a pretty realistic journey back to actually forgive Ron and. Like not so much for Harry, but for Hermione, and I think that's done well. Um, mm. I think the 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 two heists in the book are done really well. First of the Ministry of Magic, and yeah. then of of Gringotts, which is just amazing. Um, yeah. And then you know the final battle is done really well. Um, final battle now. Now I think I think this is something that we can maybe talk about when we jump into the movies because because I do have this kind of caveat with some of my movie decisions. But I think the uh, yeah the book scene on that final battle between Harry and Voldemort far better than than in the movies. Uh, Agreed. Just Agreed. In, in my yeah. opinion. But but we'll yeah. jump. Sorry, that was just a sort of a side note that I just had to throw in there uh, yeah. as we mentioned it. But yeah, back to you. Yeah. So I, I think you know for all those reasons, probably the book I read second most often. Um, but um, I'll, I'll explain why my. My top three maybe doesn't reflect that. Number three, Prisoner of Azkaban. As I said just earlier, like I think this is the perfect children's book. I think you could really make a sharp divide between children's book and young adults, and then even perhaps considering Deathly Hallows just straight um, adult literature at that point. It's, mm. it's so deep. It's so good. Um, but the first three books um, definitely are, are, I'd say, more... Um, Rolled doll influenced. They're definitely more kind of in that classic vein of of a, a British children's story, and and the the elements from um, Harry blowing up his aunt to the night bus oh, yes. to to the introduction of of my favorite um, Harry Potter character, Professor Lupin, um, mm. to the the eventual. Um, reveal of Sirius's innocence. Um, uh, it's just a fantastic book start to finish. Um, my, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of, of, of the time travel. Um, I think that's a, a little bit of a bug rather than a feature for me. Wow. Um, okay. But I, 
I do I do appreciate how it all works out in the sense that um, I do feel like if if they had if they had killed Peter Pettigrew, that would have been just too much for me. But I feel like they do a, a good amount in their time turning days rather than really messing with the past. So I yeah. I do appreciate that. Um, so so maybe neutral at best would be the time turner for me. Um, <laughs> But I also really like how in this book, Dumbledore, we get to see him um, reacting a lot more. Um, in the first two books, Dumbledore is very much behind the scenes orchestrating. Um, but in this book, you know, Dumbledore is reacting to the news that Sirius is released. He doesn't think Sirius is innocent. Lupin doesn't think Sirius is innocent. And so that's quite a neat reveal as well for us Yeah, um, there. So I just think that that is the perfect uh, children's book. And before it gets too dark, um, I think that Rowling has really perfected her writing of these characters and these books at this point. Like this is perfect. Um, yeah. But it is shorter and it is not as deep and that's why it's not any higher for me. Yeah. Okay. Wow. No, that's, that's really good. Now, I mean, we break into our top two, Josh. And, yeah. Uh, and this is, yeah. So, so give us that sort of the, the, the second and the first so we can remember. Yeah. So, uh, so the number, the number two spot for me normally in the past when I've made this list in my head would normally be held by uh, the Deathly Hallows. Um, however, so it's, it's the same as same as me. Yeah. Same as you. However, um, I decided to go with, and this is, I think maybe a tad controversial because there's a lot of reasons why people don't like order the Phoenix. And in my opinion, um, every one of those reasons is actually why this is an amazing book. So, is, that, is that kind of what we were saying with um uh with with Dolores Umbridge? Correct. That would be uh, the one fact of them. That people yeah. say like yeah. people say like oh she's so bad like I don't like it you yeah. know but it's like no there's a there's a reason she's so bad and why and that's a yeah. reason why you like yeah. it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it just makes it such a, a great book as far oh, as yeah. like a yeah it, you know and so I I don't read read this as often as Deathly Hallows it's very very long, um and and it is a hard read in the sense that um you do have this unbearable character um, not named Dolores Umbridge, but named Harry Potter um, <laughs> who so is true. just such, such a wander in this book. Um, and you have this other unbearable character named Alice Dumbledore who just doesn't talk to Harry for the whole book. <laughs> and not to mention the book's worst villain come at me. It's not, it's not Voldemort. It's Dolores Umbridge. And so, you know, there's, there's some real chances that, that, um, that JK took in this book, one of them being making the main character kind of unlikable. And, and I think that's just so realistic. That's so daring. It's so brave. Um, but, but it's realistic because he went through something truly horrible at the end of Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Um, and, and so for him as, as kind of as touchy and as, um, angsty as he is in this book, it, it's completely realistic and completely understandable. And and you would really feel that that if if Harry wasn't getting over this loss in in such a profound way, um, you just feel like he was less of a a, a true and a real person. Um, and so I really think that that is is a a really great feature of the book is is Harry's unlikability because it is such a chance from a literary standpoint. Yeah. But more than that, it's actually so realistic for the character. Um, yeah, and then how how in a world where um, 
where you have this this supreme evil Lord Voldemort, can can you actually create a second villain that is more hated? I think kind of universally across <laughs> Harry Potter fandom yeah. um, is is just incredible. So so the fact that that character just shows up in in the fifth book. And we haven't seen her before, and it's it's just perfect. Um, yeah, watching the the in betweens between Dumbledore and and Dolores is great. Um, you have Dumbledore's army, definitely an incredible feature. You have Harry kind of proclaiming his innocence through the Quibbler. Um, I, I yes, do love I that. love I love that whole kind of uh, subplot there. Just kind of yeah. you know sticking it to the man. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. It's, and, it's, uh, it's at this point. It. Yeah, it's at this point where um, everybody kind of thinks he's a liar, including think pe- people like Seamus. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so that's really a tough start for him as well. Um, you you have the like the occlumency lessons as well as this is the I think the peak of the Voldemort connection in the books. You know, he has he sees first Arthur Weasley's attack, and then he also later on receives a, a planted memory or a planted vision. And then finally the whole scene in the department of mysteries, I just think is amazing. Um, yes. yeah. And, and the fact that we learned so much at the end, I, I said that this is, I said earlier, how much I loved the, uh, the Dumbledore's final conversation with Harry in philosopher's stone. I think order of the Phoenix is without a doubt, the best Harry Dumbledore conversation, Dumbledore's apology, Dumbledore really being yeah. real with Harry. He's more yeah. than a headmaster. I would say for the first time in that book. And it's, yes. yeah, it's such a good book, such a good book. Not the one I reread most or even second most, but such a good book in my opinion. All it still the- takes the, it still takes the second place for you. So that's pretty yeah. good. Think about it, listener. Think about all the reasons people say they don't like Order of the Phoenix. I would say all of that was intentional and all of that makes it actually a better story yes. than nearly any other book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 100%, 100% um, and then in first place, probably won't talk about this too much because you covered it really well, Blake. Half-Blood Prince for me. Always book I will reread if I'm just like, you know what? I think I'm going to reread a book. Um, it will be Half-Blood Prince I go to unless I'm, of course, reading from start to finish. I, I too, love Slughorn. I think he is a character who is not just an absolute jerk from Slytherin, which is great. He definitely has his flaws, but you know he kind of defends Slytherin house honor, which is always a plus. Um <laughs> Um, but but more than that, I love learning about the Horcruxes, and I love young Tom Riddle. Scenes. Yes, so yeah, like cool. like we like you said before, really enjoying Tom Riddle as part of Chamber of Secrets. Yes, uh, and and we've mentioned it throughout this uh, this season, this book. Uh, that yeah, this book of Chamber of Secrets is awesome because Tom Riddle, we get that insight, and and how more so do we get that insight than when we jump back into his history? And learn that from kind of, you know, with Dumbledore as our teacher or with our guide. Uh, so it's very good. But I just love that we put Half-Blood Prince both as our favorite books. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a, a commonality between us. And I, I'd be curious to know if uh, if everybody else... Um, it has has a similar top book. Um, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. If, if you don't want if you don't want to make the list yourself, just let us know what your favorite book is, or let us know if we are totally wrong on your favorite <laughs> book because we put it fourth or fifth. Uh, yeah. So you know, feel free to reach out even if you haven't made a full list. And I I would say that like with this this list, it's so close usually. Like you know, mm. so so having a position of first and second, somebody might have you know, say for me, you know the second position was Deathly Hallows for for favorite book. Someone might love Deathly Hallows and and have that first. And there's not much there, you know, it's, it's hard to make these decisions 
on what order to, to put them in. Mm. Uh, but I, I would, yeah, I would love to, to see if anybody else has half blood prints uh, as their top favorite. But, but uh, there you go. That answers that question of, uh, of uh, to Holly uh, for our favorite book. And both of ours is uh, half blood prints. And then like, this is a bonus episode. We don't want to take too, too long. So we do need to move on into favorite movie. Oh, okay. This is, this is good. I'll, I'll start from eighth. Obviously we've got eight movies okay. here because the last book is split into two. Uh, and so uh, we'll go from eight up and, uh, and then I can jump back into it. But uh, number eight, chamber of secrets. Number seven, Philosopher's Stone. Six, Goblet of Fire. Five, Prisoner of Azkaban. Four, Deathly Hallows Part One. Three, Order of Phoenix. Two, Half-Blood Prince. And one, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Okay? Okay. This is exciting. I don't know. How, how You're looking at your list now. Now, for yeah. those listeners, I actually can't see uh, what Josh's list is. Okay? So, yeah. so Josh, where does, I mean, like, you know, I'll, I'll come back to, to mine, but, like, just quickly, am I any close to you or very different? I would say extremely different. Extremely different. Okay, well, this is crazy. Okay, so here we go. This is, I'll just break it down. So for those, uh, for the eighth and seventh and sixth, so eighth being Chamber of Secrets and seventh being Philosopher's Stone, very similar reasons to that first kind of the books, uh, I would say, except that these are the first movies made and they're made the earliest, right? Because mm. you know, these, are, these are made in chronological that's, order. That's how things so tend to go. That's, the, that's, early, the oldest things tend to be the earliest. Yeah, except in Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. But, but um, yeah, so for instance, Chamber of Secrets and Philosopher's Stone, just visual effects, things like that. The actors are, are yeah. young. I mean, there's already mm. a huge improvement jumping from Philosopher's Stone to Chamber of Secrets. But the reason why I still keep Chamber of Secrets Secrets down are for some of those reasons of the, what we talked about for the books. Uh, I do think Chamber of Secrets is it. You know, a lot of people say that the movies get. You know, as as we probably all know, they they do get darker and more mature as as audience progresses. I find the jump from Philosopher's Stone to Chamber of Secrets to be quite quite dark, whereas the jump from Chamber of Secrets to to uh, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Not so much. Still a still a jump, uh, but definitely, uh, yeah. Chamber of Secrets. It, it is, is that sort of uh, great movie. But you know, because these these aren't bad mo- movies. It's still a good movie. But it's I think it's the weakest movie. Definitely, Philosopher's okay, Stone. Now, now Blake, Blake. Yeah, um, I might be showing my hand a little bit too much on this one. Okay, but if you were to rank the the movies as um, those being most accurate to the books. What would your rankings be then? Okay, because the size of the book and being able to get the plot into the movie, because we know that Steve Close is the screenwriter. You know, he did a great job, but sometimes those bigger books, how do you cut things? How do you bring <laughs> it down? So Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, they they are really good. And I think you mentioned it with Prisoner of Azkaban as, as well, uh, but that it's, those first three books are really solid for mm. movie adaptations and we've talked about that in the in this podcast is yeah. that yeah, uh, you know yeah. philosopher's stone is is great you know it's a it's a great you know movie adaptation so so there you go but but chamber of secrets philosopher's stone i mean i ranked philosopher's stone higher because even though the acting's a little bit weaker uh we still get the intro to the world and it's a fantastic film the, these are great films i just feel mm-hmm. chamber of secrets is usually the movie i'm least wanting to watch 
so it's that's that's for me it's just harder uh, even though i do love the throwback scenes to tom riddle and we'll get into mm. that we'll, we'll get into you know as we're drawing to a close with some of these uh you know the book chamber of secrets we'll, we'll jump in and we'll watch the movie like we did with the first one and that'll yeah. be great there but yeah uh sixth position goblet of fire oh, similar reasons uh you know i put goblet of fire for in my sixth position uh but uh, this is just I love that, that scene at the end where Harry gets mm. transported to the graveyard. That is a great scene, but as a whole... A, I, I say this with zero exaggeration. A perfect rendition of the book. So good. Yeah, I, I think, I think that they did... That scene is amazing. Yeah, they did a really good job with it, and, and that's why this is so hard. Uh, fifth being Prisoner of Azkaban. I really did love that film. This is where kind of, you know... In a way, sometimes when I go, oh, I want to rewatch all the movies, I'm tempted to be like, should I just start with Prisoner of Azkaban? <laughs> <laughs> but so I love that. And then uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1, just because it is the weaker of the two, you know, we get that excitement in Part 2. Uh, all those sort of, a lot of the the destruction of the Horcruxes and a lot of kind of, you know, information being finally given to us in uh, part two so i i love that but yeah part one being in the fourth position third position order of the phoenix great film second half-blood prince it's my favorite book it's one of my favorite movies uh, i just really enjoy it like i just love the dynamics of it uh you know the the sort of the one one the relationship scenes <laughs> you know it's just kind of that's really funny but also the relationship that we get with the visual slughorn not just from a book and then to top top it off deathly hallows i mean Deathly Hallows Part 2, it brings everything to an end, even though I don't like that final scene as much as in the book with, uh, you know, Voldemort and Harry. I love the fact that in the book, the whole school kind of are gathered around them in a circle and like, you know, there's no out for either of them and this is it. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, having people, you know, nobody in sight and it's just Harry and Voldemort in the end, you're like, you know, Harry gave his life for these people in this school. And I love that, you know, none of these kids are getting hurt because Harry's protection over them. And that's sort of mentioned in that last book with that mm. last scene of, of them yeah. kind of being protected. And uh, whereas it's very alone in the, in the, that sort of the movie scene where it's just, Vol it's still a great scene. And finally we get, you know, Harry defeating Voldemort, but that is why, you know, it's even besides that, still a, a wonderful, wonderful conclusion to this wonderful series. And that's why I've put it at number do you, one. Do you love that part where they're like flying together and like Harry puts his fingers in Voldemort's nose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely not the strongest. He's like, we're going to end this together, Tom, and like touches his nose all kind of weird. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right, Josh, jump, <laughs> jump into, jump into your list here. Okay. All right. Well, this is very different, and don't judge me too much until we've talked about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Number eight, Goblet of Fire. Wow. Okay. Uh, no. No. Hey. Hey. No. You. You're getting. You know. Not yet. Anyway. You're not getting any hate. Cool. Number eight. Go for yeah. it. Uh, number seven, Chamber of Secrets. Oh yeah. Uh, number six, Deathly Hallows Two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, continue, Josh. Continue. Yeah, I'll just continue. Continue. Uh, number five, Order of the Phoenix. Uh, number four, Deathly Hallows One. Number three, Half Blood Prince. Number two, Prisoner of Azkaban. And number one, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. There, yeah, there, there are some comments that need to be had. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, as I say, I mean, I I understand completely your reason for putting Philosopher's Stone at number one. You you know, like it. <sighs> I do get it. I do get it. And and like maybe just let's start us start off with your number one. Like mm. why why yeah. number one? So so Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was released in two thousand and one. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was released in between um, the books Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, and so it was released fairly really late for a first book to be released. And I just want to say that this series by this point had well and truly taken off. Um, yeah. Well and truly taken off. Yeah. And I feel like the stakes, with maybe the exception of Deathly Hallows Part Two, I feel like the stakes were never higher than at this moment to mm. get the casting right, to get the story right, to get the director right, to get everything right. And, and I think, if I might say, I, I don't know if they hit a home run, but I think in the absolute most pressure-filled situation they they if, if i'm gonna use a baseball term they hit a solid double maybe even a triple and and yeah. like they just killed it like they they looked down the barrel of the gun they, they saw all the pressure and they're just like you know what we're gonna make a great film that is true to the books that had characters you can love we made great casting decisions even though we don't know anything about what these kids are going to be like in the future um, yeah. All the way through. It was just amazing. Um, first and second movies also have my favorite Dumbledore, Richard Harris. And so that is a significant point in their favor. Although explain why Chamber of Secrets still is number seventh for me. But there's just so much that is great about this. This movie feels to me like a, a Christmas movie type movie. It's It's the movie that I'm just like. I'm going to watch it when it's on. Um, I'm, I'm going to just stop and watch a couple scenes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and it's just, it feels like home, like no other movie on this list does. Yeah. Okay. I give you that. That's a wonderful statement there. It feels like, it feels like home. Cause yeah, it does give you that. It almost reignites that magical feeling you mm. get of coming into Hogwarts. Yeah. Like every time you watch that scene of, of coming to Hogwarts, you feel like, wow, this is great. You know, I'm home, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I definitely respect that being number one for you. Like that makes that makes sense. So so walk us through some of these other uh, the uh, the other rankings that you've given. Maybe maybe jump back down to the the yeah, bottom. Jump if, back if to the want. bottom. All right. So Goblet of Fire. Um, I've already explained that I didn't think the book was was great like some people do. Um, and so I guess I'm kind of predisposed to to not loving the movie. But I think that mm. sadly, the movie takes my least favorite parts of Goblet of Fire and makes it worse. Um, and, and so instead of being a, perhaps a bit plot heavy, the movie goes to no plot together, just three main challenges. Um, it, it really feels like these events are just slapped together without any kind of transitions. And so you just have, okay, um, event one is the Quidditch World Cup. Boom, done. Uh, event two is Harry versus the dragon. Boom, done. Uh, and it, it just like it really feels choppy it's, to me. It's your standard three point essay. Uh, you've got your introduction, <laughs> you've got your three main points, and That's then you've right. got your conclusion, Josh. It's, yeah. it's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> so, really struggle with that one. Um, this is the movie where we get, I think, the worst Dumbledore performance in any of the films. Harry, did you put your name in the Golden Fire? <laughs> uh, 
So there's that. There is also the really weird handling of the Barty Crouch Jr. thing. I think the, um, yeah. like, remind me of the name of the actor. Uh, you mean uh, David Tennant? Like the, David Tennant? The, yeah, Jr. He does a yeah, great David job. Tennant. So, so please, don't, please don't think that I'm, I'm disparaging him. Well, what I do have an issue with, the way that they portray this in the movie is, is really heavy-handed and, and kind of yeah. like, do you see what we're doing here? Do you see what we're doing? This guy, yes. this guy is going to be here, you know? And it's, yeah, I, I think perhaps they, they thought that they needed to help their audience a, a bit more along. Um, but I think that's a real weakness watching them back again is that yeah. it's, it feels really forced, the whole reveal. And then that said, the graveyard scene is just perfect. And oh, so yeah. one scene does not a movie make, though. And so, yes, exactly. Yeah, great point. I, I think it's a bit rough on, on a lot of fronts. And, you know, Rita Skeeter being um, an animagus is kind of glossed over as well. That's not really yeah, to- clear. Exactly. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway, just a lot of issues with that book. So, Chamber of Secrets, a lot of what it has in it is connected to Philosopher's Stone. And you, you might think that would make it higher on my list. But the reason why it's so low is, is partially. Um, because of how much they relied on on cutting edge at the time CGI and yeah. and it ages poorly. If you kind of take out the troll scene in um, oh, Philosopher's yeah. Stone, um, Philosopher's Stone is I would say timeless minus the troll scene. Yes, Chamber of Secrets does not. Unfortunately, you have the Acromantula, you have the Basilisk, you have the Moaning Myrtle. There's just some things that don't age well in it. And so that's definitely one part. And, and I guess the second part is I actually think that it's, it's just not, they it, it didn't have as much great material to work with in making it a movie. And so it is very faithful to the books, but like I said, Chamber of Secrets, I think is, is very, very plot heavy. And so, and very much a sprint at the end. And so I think you feel that in the, in the movie as well. Although the movie spends even more time on the last scenes than, than the book does. But anyway, um, yeah. moving on. Okay. Like this is probably our, our most significant disagreement is that I think Deathly Hallows one, if not far superior, definitely the better of the two movies. I, I yeah i i can understand that but i just i mean i just love a, a conclusion and whilst i do enjoy i guess the build-up that part one does like now i will admit it when part one finished boy did i because i watched part one in the movies when it came out i think mm. on midnight like when it oh, was wow. released and i just wanted like I just really wanted that that other film to be done. It was real sad that like I had to wait like a whole year before mm. part two came, came in. And, uh, and so I, I did really like part one. I just, I'm a sucker for some action and, uh, and I do really like the, uh, I do really like the, the action that the part two brings like the final yeah. war scene. I just, and the music that builds up to it, mm. the theme and, mm. and the deaths that are so sad and tragic, but like, I just, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it is a good movie. And I think from this point on, um, Deathly Hallows 2, I, I I do think that there is a bit of almost a, almost two tiers for me. Um, that, that Deathly Hallows 2 and up, so six and up in my list, I would say are far more watchable than my bottom two. And so yeah. I, I don't want to, like, I think they're a lot closer. I, I had no problem actually with the first two in the, in the bottom seven and eight, but I did have problems ranking these top ones. And so definitely I, I hear you there. I actually think the greatest part of, of Deathly Hallows for me is the Gringotts um, 
uh, plan. That is yes. by far my favorite part of that movie. I think that is excellent. Like um, it was, it was such a good launch into the f- oh, into the first if, act of the I'll movie. Say, I'll say this: if um, if that was in Deathly Hallows one, that might be my favorite movie. Uh, but yeah. I think I think that I think for me both those movies suffer. You know, they're four and six. Both those movies suffer for me because neither of them are really complete stories. And and what do you like? Do you expect Josh? Whether part one and part two, it, as kind of standalone movies, they're really hard to rank. Yeah, I I can. I, that makes perfect sense. Those splitters, those part one, part twos, can be tricky on lists like this because you're you're negating talking about the first part. Like it's, but then it's unfair to say that oh that's yeah, right. part one, part two. Let's put it together because that just makes no exactly. sense. Exactly. Because yeah. that's just, you know, that's two movies, you know, of greatness yeah. and like content that they can put in in the space where we're, you know, we're ranking against other movies that only have the the time slot of one movie. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a tricky decision. Blake, I think you mentioned already some of the um, problems with the last fight scene. As impressive as it was visually, there's there are some issues there um, yep. in, in Deathly Hallows Part 2, so I won't go over that. Um, Order the Phoenix, number five, I think it suffers the most as far as what's cut out. Um, mm. it, it's just the longest book and, and it kind of shows it's the movie that kind of feels like a highlight reel. Um, and so I, <laughs> I think that's a bit of an issue, but some things that I think are, are done so well is that as much as, as much as we love to hate professor Umbridge, the actress who plays her in order of the Phoenix, Imelda Staunton is unbelievable. I mean, Amazing. give that lady an award. She was it was like, again, if you think of, of the kind of pressure that's building is that how are we going to get Dolores right? It's just perfect. It is yeah. perfect. It um, is so good. She embodies that character. Yeah. You know, the, the mm-hmm. outfits and the costume. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's just, yes. oh. Yeah. Amazing. And, amazing. Uh, so like, horrible. I, I almost put this again. I, I think this movie is, is a bit of a struggle to watch because if you hadn't read the books and you're just watching the fifth movie, you're kind of like, what is happening? So much is going on. Um, but her performance is great. I think yeah. the the time at the Department of Mysteries is very good, um, and and I do feel like we lose a little bit in Dumbledore's explanation. I wish that could have been longer, um, but but I do appreciate just the mood of this movie. How it starts with Harry alone in the in the burnt grass of the English yes. summer, and and I think that it, it starts it starts really well. Um, so that's my fifth book. I keep saying books and movies interchangeably. Um, fifth movie, um, number four. I'll just go over briefly why I love um, Deathly Hallows one so much. Um, Deathly Hallows one is is the movie where we see um, a lot of that drama that I mentioned liking so much in the book. You know, we we see the issues with Ron. We see him go away. We we see him come back. Um, we we see also the really I think underrated scene of them in the Malfoy Manor, and and we see Dobby's sacrifice. All of that is is I think a really important part of of the first of the first part and, and part. So Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One also has the Tale of Three Brothers, which I personally think is done amazingly well. Um, I love that scene, and I think it's just such a unique part of the movies that all of a sudden we're in this like semi-animated. Yeah. I think it's and, like a short and it's film. an amazing it's yeah it's an amazing animation style yeah. and just a, a wonderful kind of surprise that we get that this yeah. we get this story that's contrasts is amazing yeah. like the blacks yeah. are the real and oh. the whites are the shadows and it's just it's yeah. real there's some good symbolism in there as well and and, yeah. and that's worth you know uh you know unpacking all to itself but 
yeah, yeah. definitely it does make part one that much better is, is by this animation scene of the, the three brothers. Yeah, so I think part one, really, really good. Part one, the reason it's number four is because there is no conclusion. You, you finish with Dobby dying, basically. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And what are you going to do? Like, it's not, it's not part one's fault. That's just where they had to break it up. And so it can't be, a, it can't be higher than that for me. Um, number three, Half-Blood Prince. Um, love, love Tom Riddle. Favorite book. Always going to be high on my list. Um, however, um, I, I, I just do leave the leave the movie wanting more. I want, want to see Hepzibah Smith. Um, yeah. I, I want to, I want to see some of the other memories. I want to see his interactions with Marvolo Gaunt. And, and I just think there's a few things we missed there um, in, in Half-Blood Prince. Prisoner of Azkaban. I, I think this is a great movie uh, for a couple of reasons. The reason I think it's not number one and it's number one on a lot of people's lists. And I feel like I, I kind of resisted that early on. Um, mm. I, I didn't really like that. Um, this movie as much i liked the, the later movies but um the reason it's not number one for me now and then i'll explain why it's really risen in my rankings the reason why it's not number one is uh, i really think the the lupin werewolf is awful um that might be the worst cgi animation in the whole series that's that's a that's a strong claim with that that yeah. troll comment you made earlier with I know. the philosopher's stone. I know because I think the troll was less important to the overall essence of the book. Right, you, you can have a bad troll and still have a great philosopher's stone. Um, I'm, okay. I'm worried that like Lupin's werewolf almost jeopardizes this film. Like, I'm, wow! I'm like, I see him and I'm like, what is this? Um, it is ugly. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway um, so uh, there's just so many amazing scenes in Prisoner of Azkaban, though. Um, like the fact that you have Alan Rickman being Neville's Bogart is so good. Yes. And then he's, you know, he's dressed up as Neville's grandmother. Um, you know, as, as bad as the werewolf CGI is, all of the animation of those kind of dark creatures that come out of the Bogart are actually quite good, I'd say. The the Acromantula who's on roller skates, that's a great yes. little scene. Yeah, the, the clown um, is creepy. Oof. Yeah, and so and so I really feel like as a movie, there's just some things that this book did. You're kind of reading the book wondering, how are they going to do this? And they really do it well. And then I would also say that it's in this movie that the Hogwarts grounds look as impressive as they ever did, I feel. Um, yes see see that's the thing because with the third movie prisoner yeah. of azkaban um with um alonzo he as the, as the director he really wanted to connect these areas so you know the coming down from the hogwarts castle to hagrid's house he connects that he brings mm -hmm. these things in and even the characters seem a bit more real because as as he directed they uh they kind of get to sort of pick their own outfits in a yeah, way like yeah. their costumes they they're wearing sort of more normal clothes so it really brings it and makes them more real yeah i agree i agree um 100 and then the other thing that i would just say this book had had quite a lot of pressure coming to it um as to what they would do with the dementors and i feel like they um yeah those dementors even, even watching them so now good. those dementors yeah, no issues. They've aged great, and and I think was a big challenge. And and they just, they if if you look at what what did they have to get right about this book, I think top of the list would be Dementors, like yeah. how they looked visually, and and they just killed it. It was great. 
yeah definitely so amazing and uh, no, i i i appreciate that even though you know like, it's hard I, I i put prisoner of azkaban in the fifth position for me but like it's still so good uh, mm. so that yeah and, and i've already talked about my first choice philosopher's stone blake uh, but but any thoughts from you on philosopher's stone as as we finish the, the movie i no i i understand it I understand why it's your, your top one. And I think that's probably the biggest contrast because we, we agree about the books being, uh, you know, the Half-Blood Prince as of now, that that book is is our favorite. And then it comes to the movies and everybody's like, wait, whoa, Blake's put it at seventh <laughs> position and Josh has put it, you know, number one. How does that work? But like, I do agree with you uh, when it comes down to the uh, having it in, in position one. Like, I understand that for you. I just... I just think, you know, like visually for me, the other ones intrigued me more and I, I enjoyed the story more, even though it's a great book adaptation mm. and Steve Close did it. Great job. Yeah. But yeah, I still, still definitely. Can I just say one thing on, on that yeah. though as well is, um, is, is visually, I get what you mean. Like um, as you look at the other book, um, I feel like they are very much um, in their movie adaptations, they, they do much more kind of resemble almost like a Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight type mm. type vibe, you know, like the darkness that's just on the screen all the time. You have to watch it in a dark room almost. Um, yes, so true. And I get that, but, but I also feel like the first film was intentionally the opposite, that there is so much light because everything is new. And yeah. and it's so bright, and I just love how how they captured kind of the wonder of of Daniel Radcliffe. Like he is just amazed at everything he sees. And yeah. is the act a bit cheesy? Yeah, it is. But <laughs> it kind of also symbolizes how each one of us kind of is amazed as we enter into this world, and we're like, "Wow, that's cool! That's so cool!" And he yeah. he is us in that situation. But yeah, I mean, I I think I think, and maybe we maybe we finish with this is that you know. Ah, Phoenix, you know, their tears have healing powers. And uh, of course, <laughs> that is that is just oh, that cheese ballness is why that uh, that film is so low for me. But anyway, so so there you have it. Uh, you know, my favorite book is the same as, as Josh's, Half-Blood Prince. And uh, uh, with his number one of movies coming in at Philosopher's Stone, mine is Deathly Hallows Part 2. So we get sort of the very stark uh, opposite there uh, which is quite interesting mm. but anyway thank you once again to holly uh, for sending in your question there uh, hopefully we've answered that and you've uh, enjoyed this uh, bonus episode as well as uh, the rest of the the listeners but thank you and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback so head over to itunes and leave a review your reviews help keep the magic alive and like i said if you want to get in touch with us send us a question so we can do a sort of a bonus episode on it send that to Podcast at gmail.com as always to continue the adventure join us next time as we discuss the 12th chapter of harry potter and the chamber of secrets the polyjuice potion